Bastard. <laughs> and good morning. We're starting off the day well. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, everybody. And welcome good to All morning. Things SR. <laughs> so great to see everybody. Uh, it's good to see Lauren from Pittsburgh. Hey, good morning. You're up bright and early. And Annabelle, after last week, I saw your chat, um, your comment in the chat room, and I'm... Hold on, guys. I'm sorry about the sound. I have my sound on. I'm sorry you had the trouble with your car, and we're dealing with that flat. I'm so sorry about that. I'm glad to see you're safe and sound and back and on the podcast today, which is great. And Lori and Kensikins and Betty. It's so good to see everybody. Yeah, you know, there's a certain button on the thing where it says start. Because <laughs> <laughs> Pam started started the podcast, I said, Pam, I think we're on the air. <laughs> I can, I, it's saying off air. We, they can't hear us yet. <laughs> yeah, well, so. you know, it's it's not enough coffee. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, I chocolate cake for breakfast this morning so that um, could have fogged my brain too <laughs> <laughs> well i like the fact that betty thought that uh either one of us were still indulging in chocolate with gabriel or willie well um, or willie's ca- or willie's causing technical problems so whichever no no <laughs> it's just it's just our own homegrown um human error <laughs> yeah what can i tell you mm-hmm. although it i happens. like the way you think betty i like the way you think yes and and good morning ashley and i hope your move has gone well so far yes yes and uh, we're just everybody having- so it's much in the fun. midst of lots going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and and just a shout out to my sister. Today is her birthday, and uh, many more of them to come. So, so happy, how, happy birthday to her! Yes. Yeah, so, how was your week? You know, <laughs> I can't believe it's fri- uh, Friday. It's not Friday. It's Saturday. <laughs> it's been it's been that kind of week. Um, uh, a good. It's, it's been good. I'm still dealing with some technical issues with my laptop, which are going into um, the third week of tech support dealing with them, but um, nothing that will hinder the podcast, so no need to worry about that. It's, it's about files and file locations and uh, files going into the cloud and not being in the cloud, that kind of thing, trying to find where things are. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was busy. Um unexpected i feel like everybody's just kind of struggling right now um so so it's in this area at least yeah yeah but you know i i for some reason i also feel hopeful um as more people i know um are lining up and getting vaccine um and you know finding uh other things to occupy their mind mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i've 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 read i watched um i finally watched bridgerton which was fabulous mm-hmm. um i i now i want to read the books um, <laughs> of course there's eight of, of them, course you know. i know and you know i'll do it i'm i'm in this you know i i'm 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 loving that i i saw a netflix show called hollywood which was really good um and I started watching uh, 
I've been missing New York City. So Betty, a shout out to your hometown. And uh, there is a show on Netflix. It's a short series that Martin Scorsese and Annie Leibovitz um, oh, I, are doing. Oh, I saw it. something like that. And yeah. it's conversations. I wanted to tell you about it. I'm telling you with everybody else. Um, but it's really, really good. It's kind of satiated my um, desire to be in New York. And um, she's very, very funny. And um, there's like little... It's, it's pretty much her... She, she's been doing this, um, she's been doing some speaking engagements and it's kind of her, um, Riffing. at the presentations as, you know, speaking in front of a group as well as sharing stories with Martin Scorsese and with others. And, um, he intersperses kind of, uh, vintage footage of the city and there's great music in it and her storytelling's really good. So yeah, highly recommend just... it. Um, it's called pretend it's a city. Okay. No, I've been catching. So, I've been catching up on uh, Peaky Blinders. So, yes, I, I need to start into that too. And yes. um, I'm, I'm checking the chat. And Betty said, "Sadly, Gabriel's Inferno didn't get nominated for a Golden Globe. We won't get to hear the professor give a speech about Dante. Oh well. You know, I that's know. all right. I know. Well, you we, know, I I've been uh, speaking of Gabriel and Julia. I've been um, helping helping out my. Uh, brother-in-law's sister with down mm-hmm. syndrome uh, being like a monitor for her zoom classes or Zoom, which is great yeah she's a, a sweet girl but anyway i showed her a picture of julio <laughs> <laughs> and what did she say <laughs> first of all she asked if he knew maurice bernard from general hospital and if he knew <laughs> tony danza <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. It's <laughs> so cute. And uh, I, I was supposed to text Julio yesterday to ask, and did he respond to you yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so sweet. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love yeah. it. So. I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm looking in the chat. Uh, Betty noted Bridgerton is good. Also, no globes for them. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's. Uh, I'll, I'm surprised they didn't get any for costume. Uh, no, good I mean, lord, I mean, that was a beautiful. That production was lavish. Well, even the production um, design on that was incredible. I mean, because they mm-hmm. had to recreate Regency England, Regency London, and that's like. I think they they filmed part of it in Bath because I I there's a section in Bath. Uh, that I, I forget what they're called, but it's like this big building. It's it, it's sort of on a curve, a little bit of a curve. And if you've ever watched anything from Bath, whether it be Pride and Prejudice or you know any of the Jane Austen flicks that take place in Bath, you'll see it. I think maybe it's the Crescent. I think it's called. Anyway, so they, you know, so they did use part of that, and they had to do all kinds of recreations. So, ah. Uh. I just, I love that. That whole Regency era is very fun. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I see Franca has joined us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Franca. Franca. So good to see you. So, and I've missed you. And I think the fog brain has got to do with the snow that we had this, this week. Oh, uh, yeah. I kind of forgot we were under like and we're getting <laughs> many, tomorrow. many inches of snow. <laughs> and we're getting again yeah. tomorrow. Uh huh. Anyway, uh-huh. you're getting you you know what I have to say, I'm sorry to say you're probably going to be getting it and we might we're on the line. We may not get anything. We might mm. actually get rain um, or we could, you know, they could end up dumping many inches. So yes, we'll see. I, I know. Well, they're talking about I see, seven and I see here. Kenzie saw pretend it's a city. She said it was funny. I mm-hmm. really thought so, too. Um, 
A friendly. I always like Annie great. Leibovitz. I've I've always admired her because um, kind of, she is her own woman, and mm-hmm. um, I I it just it, it kind of satiated my mm-hmm. need for some New York City snark. It was it was really good. Um, I've only seen a couple of the episodes. I think there's seven. Oh, Franca. So. And Franca, I'm so sorry. I'm glad you're on the uh, upswing of the being tested positive for COVID. And I hope everything goes well for you. Yes, yes. We're glad that you're on the mend. Um, I, I was worried about you. So super glad you're back. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are, you're, of course, enjoying your summer season and here we are looking forward to the snow <laughs> so in up in the up in the northern hemisphere yes. so we um are so glad to see that you're able to join us today yes. and many many wishes for continued healing um this absolutely. is super good absolutely yeah so so today, aside from LaVulture, the Wonder Boo Boo barking because he heard noises outside, and he's in the living room. And hopefully my electric will stay on because I still haven't fixed that cable yet, so keep your fingers oh, crossed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> You'll know what happened if the podcast goes down. It goes down, it's because I'm in the kitchen and they didn't, it hasn't been fixed yet, so... Anyway, so we got some news from SR, uh, some good news, actually, that uh, the book, The Man in the Black Suit, is being um, published through All Books Editoria uh, in Brazil, and it'll be in Portuguese, and he's very happy about that partnership. And if everything goes well with this book, then they will be publishing his other books, too, so he's hopeful the book will do well. Um, that's he's been super excited about that. That's yes. been I think that's been a long time coming. They've been really trying to get that yes, deal worked out. So kudos, kudos to, to SR and his management team for getting that accomplished. And uh, also, the uh, Passion Flicks had a nice podcast this week, which our dear Kenzie was a part of. Yes, and Kenzie, you looked beautiful she and did. so poised. You were you were excellent. Your questioning and your your interaction and responses were great. Absolutely. Really, really great. They were. And I know that you asked her, she asked a question about um, Gabriel's rapture. And uh, according to in, in the podcast, Tosca had mentioned that they would be going. She thinks she's leaving next week for Italy. Right, February thirteenth, and I think she had said they are likely to be there through. Um, I believe they're likely to be there through uh, April, I mm-hmm, think is what mm-hmm, she said. Mm-hmm. And I believe, um, Lauren, if I'm not mistaken, I think I spied you on the podcast. Yes, she was. Um, and I, I like the question, too, about um, I, I really like the question of asked, uh, that Kenzie asked about what her favorite part, what she was looking for, forward to filming um, in Rapture. Because I like Tosca's answer because it was exactly my answer. It was this scene, the the reconnection, the reuni- the reuniting scene when they are in that rainstorm, mm-hmm. and he's waiting by the tree and the, and the, the lightning, thunder and lightning yeah. go, and then it illuminates his face and she sees him and she's running across the street. And, oh my gosh! 
Yeah, she's running across I, the street in the rain with a laptop and arms that would, if it got wet, would probably not be working anymore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, if you cover it up, I've been in that situation. If you wrap your body around it enough, it, it know, could survive. It could survive. It just depends. They're going to have to be careful about that. We should, we, should send, we should send Tosca an editorial note. Please note, you have to be very very careful about how you film that because they're going to dump buckets of water on her mm-hmm. like they did before. <laughs> Poor girl, yes. I feel bad for her. I so, know. Uh, but SR also said uh, that readers have pointed out in the recent podcast, Tosca said how, mu- how much she enjoyed paranormal novels. And then she's hoping to adapt more in the future. And she mentioned the prince. So let's keep supporting passion flicks and see what comes from that. You know? Yes, yes, yes. I know. When when he wrote that, when I when I read that in terms of news he wanted to share, I was super excited. Yeah. So I'm really, really hopeful um, that she did. Um, and uh, Kenzie, I said. She says, I wanted to say something, though. So Tosca will fly into Florence the 13th, and her, Dennis, and Melanie will have to quarantine for two weeks and do pre-production. So filming will be in March. Mm-hmm. Not sure when they um, ha- are scheduled, but I was told there may be some complications with filming now that the variant is around. I'm just hoping they'll be safe and healthy. Well, one thing that is really evident, especially when you listen to them talking um, on the Passion Pods, is how they really are doing all of the safety precautions. They're doing what they, what they have to do and what they need to do. Um, so I'm sure, you know, Kenzie, I thought about that as well. I was curious um, how things would be handled. So um, I think they're just going to be as careful as they can be and as um, cautious and, you know, they're, they're going to have to be very adaptable because they might have to shift around scheduling. True. Um, and, and there's, there's so much, um, you know, they, they now have COVID officers on, on most, uh, film locations, whether it be here or in Europe or anywhere else in the world, uh, mm. to keep the actors and everybody safe. So fingers crossed and, and, uh, and hopefully it'll work well. And uh, she had said the Florentine series will cost a lot of money. And I asked Tasia, uh, she hasn't read the Florentine series. I think it's meant to be. If it's meant to be, it'll be. That's I agree. Great. That's great. And I am, just so you guys can see Lauren and Kenzie in action, I just You're put the link. You're video? I, I put the link. Hopefully, um, Hopefully that will work because I did it through the search. It should, it's on YouTube. If you go YouTube Passion Pod, um, it's episode 19. Right. So, so you can hear the latest on that. Yeah, SR is and also, all their other projects. SR is also going to be doing a couple of chats. He's doing one today with the Latin American group. Um, SR Fans Cent- Central America, I think it is. And I believe that's at 1 o'clock. And tomorrow he'll be doing a, uh, a chat with SR Fans Russia. Yes, so. which is very exciting. And in fact, I have the information on when that will be. Um, that it is at 2100 Moscow time, February 7th. Mm-hmm. So um, 2100, I think there's 
seven hours ahead. Actually, I'll Google that. I'll give you the exact time. Okay. Um, but I know that they're incredibly, they're doing it in honor of the reissue of Gabriel's Inferno in Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be their celebration. And the Central America chapter um, is celebrating its anniversary, its first anniversary. So very, very excited. <laughs> And, and you know what? I think message has been delivered, Kenzie. They, 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 he is now upstairs. I don't know whether he's in the hallway or in my bedroom or standing outside my sister's bedroom door barking. So my brother-in-law will be chasing him soon, I'm sure. <laughs> so he can shut the, shut the puck up. Um, and also I want to give a shout-out birthday to Judith Stein today and also Emma Carolina Vargas Mora. So oh, today's all happy birthdays. birthday. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so. And just to let you know, um, it is 1 o'clock Eastern Time, U.S. Cool. Is 9 p.m. in Moscow. So tomorrow afternoon at 1 on the East Coast. Um, I always do a converter before because of time zone changes and things like that. But mm-hmm. But do know. Um, tomorrow, SR will be joining our friends. Um, I know they had asked fans to submit questions, so um, check that out on the um, on the fan page. Mm-hmm. And there's a little Valentine that came through uh, that is coming through on Valentine's Day of bloopers from Gabriel's Inferno. Should be that's going to be fun. And uh, let's see what else do we have going on. I know there's going to be the stargazers are doing an auction. That, oh, yes, the um, auction for um, Jill. For Jill. Uh, is, she's the Tempting Illustrations. She does a lot of the, um, she does a lot of work with SR. And I know E.L. James and uh, Jody L. Malpass and a few others. And, and Jen and um, Morgan use her a lot for their book covers. Yes. And uh, she, her father um, has uh, apparently passed away, I believe, with COVID. And there's a lot of expenses that they're trying to cover. And I think there was someone else in their family who's still struggling with yeah. it. And so they're doing a fundraiser and uh, auction, like a yes. silent auction. So you, you can uh, put out all this. If you look in the Starcaser page, it'll tell you what's, what's up. Yes. So. Yes, and uh, I think there's also a, um, a fun, GoFundMe page as well that yes. we set up to help them um, raise funds to cover uh, medical expenses. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know, it's one of the beautiful things about this community is how people will come together to support each other and help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so much kindness, you know, SR writes about kindness and um, love and it really kind of permeates uh, through not just his work but the people who are drawn to his work and true and he's so it's he, really he's, beautiful and he's so he's so grateful to everybody and he's so humbled by the fact that there's such an outpouring of kindness within the group so and he appreciates that very much so absolutely so what so, do you think should be delved into uh the email? <laughs> I think I think we should delve into chapter 14. Okay. Um, most definitely. Uh, it's exciting that we're moving along on um, the story, and this is where it kind of starts to 
to pick up uh, and move into a different direction, which is mm-hmm. very exciting. As you know, uh, Julia had just received news that she was invited to these very prestigious, uh, uh, very prestigious event um, with Professor Wodehouse, um, and they had just had this discussion. And then Gabriel realized he had not told her his news, um, which had been on his lips and on his mind for. Um, for many, many days. And it actually, you know, that was one of the first things he um, had, I think it's even since chapter one, like very, very early on when they were still at the hospital. So um, he was kind of waiting for the right time. So chapter 14 begins and I see Monica's joined us hey, now. Hey, Monica. Uh, good afternoon. Bom dia. I think, or is it still bom dia? Mm-hmm. Um, great to see you on. We're just starting the discussion of chapter 14. And um, Gabriel took the phone um, from Julia and read the email. Um, The University Court of the University of Edinburgh is pleased to invite you to deliver the annual Sage Lectures in Literature in 2013. The Sage Lectures were founded in 1836 at the bequest of Lord Alfred Sage. The lectures take place annually, usually in the second term. It is customary for the sage lecturer to arrive on campus in the first term of the academic year and then remain in residence while delivering the lectures in the second term. We invite you to be our sage lecturer in residence during the 2013-2014 academic year. Um, And I'm seeing in the chat room, Betty says, I'm shocked how much has happened in such a short time. They barely had Claire in the house for a week. And I, I know, I agree. It's, it's like they had a lot of excitement all at once. Oh, yeah. Um, so I I was very excited to see that. Always um, something going on in the Emerson household. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think it speaks to really their excellence in academia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, all of the challenges that they've encountered and how broken they've been and how they've been coming together as a family, mm-hmm. um, which is great. So as he scrolled through um, the note, it mentioned the compensation, accommodation, the airfare, publication, media, everything was covered. Um, and Julie was stunned. Gabriel peered over his glasses asking, um, darling, um, you know, and she just, she just was, she was kind of uh, taken aback. She said, uh, the sage lectures, uh, I just can't believe it. You know, she was really overcome and Gabriel could hardly believe it himself. And Juliet asked when he heard the news and she's, he said, I actually received the email as we were leaving the hospital. And of course, Julia's like, well, that was a while ago. Why didn't you tell me? Um, And, you know, he responded. And as you guys remember from the chapters, uh, she had been really upset that day. And so it was the timing wasn't right. He was going to tell her the next day, but then they went to the hospital because she was having her fainting spells. Mm -hmm. So um, and yes, Betty, Julia is probably thinking, my man is so smart. (laughs) I love that. Um, And and. Really, uh, Gabriel just 
explained that he was really waiting for the right time. He hadn't spoken about it to anyone. I mean, she was the first to know about it. Um, he had not answered the chair at Boston University. He really, truly wanted to speak to her first. So we asked SR if the Sage lectures were real because Pam and I did a little snooping online and we couldn't seem to find it. Yeah. And he said, yes, the Sage lectures are fictional, but I base them on, unnamed, on, on named lectures that are sometimes done at Scottish universities in various fields. So um, there, are no real, there are no Sage lectures per se, but there are many types of uh, distinguished lectures. Um, and actually we came across several when we were looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of most of the ones I saw were like in science and and that kind of area of yep. expertise. Yes, yes. And Franca said that's what happens when you have two smarty pants, two smarty pants in the house. What a dilemma! Mm-hmm. But SR had worked hard to sort it out. Yes, yes, yes. And Kenzie said, "I knew it." And Betty says, "Say what? It's not real? Oh well. <laughs> it's based on it's. They're based on real, but there are no actual sage lectures." So um, the other question we asked was, why was Julia stunned at Gabriel's invitation to serve as a lecturer in residence? Um, And SR responded, Gabriel's young to be invited to give such an eminent lecture. Usually the lecturers are senior scholars, so closer to Catherine Picton's age. So, but are are we surprised by that? No. No, not at all. um, And then Kenzie noted... um, it's not surprising that the Sage lectures were fictional, but I wonder if SR has even ever given one of those prestigious lectures. I know, Kenzie, I was thinking the same thing. Is SR in academia? And if he is, has he done one of these? Or does he have friends who've done one of them? Inquiring minds will never know. Um, John Preston might. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Betty, uh, Betty said... Well, someone better make it real. We need more Dante. <laughs> and Lori said, I never thought to research that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Ashley, the movers are here. If you have to go, just uh, listen to us on all of the different channels that you can find us. Apple, iTunes, mm-hmm. TuneIn, et cetera, et cetera. Amazon. Um, Amazon. Stitcher. No, we're not on Stitcher. Oh, we're not on Stitcher we're yet. We're not on Stitcher. We, we were looking on Stitcher. Hold that thought. We're looking um, at a lot of things. <laughs> yes. So, yes, and Kenzie did her research. I'm not surprised by that. And Franca said, I can't help think SR may have been an academic before becoming a writer. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I as, and as Kenzie noted, I truly believe that Franca, but SR will never tell. LOL. I no, agree. <laughs> so we will never, we will ever, we will never find out what, who, what, where, when, and why. Mm-hmm. So uh, Julie was like closing her eyes, saying she wasn't sure how this was going to work. I mean, let's face it; she's, uh, you know, Gable's like. But with why is that happening? And and she he said, uh, you know she she's doing going to be doing her coursework and she's on maternity leave and she wouldn't be able to take the time to go to Cambridge because she's in Cambridge and and then he'd be in Edinburgh and she'd be all by herself and and that wasn't you know she, you know she just couldn't take the leave of absence that Gabriel suggested she take. 
She said the other thing is that she was going to Oxford and doing her lectures That's at right. Oxford and Eagle. And it's so she's, she's kind of worried about finishing her program. The, yeah. And uh, then Gabriel told her that her advisor was the one who suggested the leave. So she was like, you know, well, then she didn't think she'd be taking two years off before she finished her coursework. Yeah. Yeah. And as Anna noted in the chat, lots of life changing events. Absolutely. Right here. Um, and it's true. I, I have to say, I was surprised at her her strong reaction about that. And I don't know if it's still because she was in a heightened sense of um, just having a child and her, her hormones being out of alignment. I mean, I know she's, she was always concerned about finishing her program, mm -hmm. but I feel like she just kind of had that such that knee jerk reactions like, well, like, you know, we can't do this. This isn't going to work. Like she, mm -hmm. she kind of shut it down. I think she, and for me, when I was reading it, I was a little surprised by that. I don't know how you felt about that, Pam. Um, I, I was, I yes, I, I, I mean, she's obviously excited about him getting this this prestigious honor, but at the same time, I can understand she's she's just had a baby. She's still going through the uh, postnatal, you know, mm -hmm. ramifications. She's uh, now got to look at the fact that she's got to take maternity leave, which she originally she didn't want to do. And then she's got to deal with the, the fact that she's got these new, this other opportunity in Oxford, which is great and good for her. But that means she's got to take all this time off and she's just not ready to do that. So I, yeah. I can understand a reticence on it, to be honest with you. But, yeah. I definitely understand a reticence. I mean, even even during crazy work weeks, you know, it's one thing if, you know, you're, you're in the middle of a project or doing something and you're kind of in the zone and mm -hmm. then you have to stop for mm -hmm. another reason. I, I imagine it's, it's like that on steroids when you're pursuing your doctorate and you're doing all these, um, this coursework and then research. Right. Um, so, so that I, I get, um, but I just, I feel like it was such an immediate shutdown. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't feel like that. That it surprised me a little bit. I'm looking in the chat, but I think Gabriel was being a bit selfish at first that he could not um, accept that he could not not accept the invitation. Mm -hmm. um, and she also said she totally agreed with your assessment, Pam. Um, and Kenzie had said, I think she just got stressed out and didn't sit and think about it. And Kenzie, I think That's a big that is a very good point. Yeah, it was that, just that that first reaction, that guttural uh, gut reaction to being excited about the opportunity for him because it is a prestigious honor. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you'll have to forgive me if you hear any noise. My uh, sick cat has just decided she wants to eat, so I try to feed her. Oh, well, that's sweet. And, and I can share, Anna just uh, commented that Julianne puts her program in PhD first, it seems. This is her identity in her eyes. Um, she hasn't fit motherhood and wife um, and compromise yet. Um, yeah. And that's, well, and that's a good thing. And I think for her, it's so, it's paramount that she has her own identity because she is married to such a, an overwhelming character of a man, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just this very strong persona. Um, 
Ah, oh, and the halftime show is back. We've missed it so much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what an apropos song for today, since there's still snow in uh, our neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, looking through at the comments, too, Betty says, I still don't understand how Julia thinks she can do anything the first year without taking maternity leave. The first year of a baby's life is crucial. The baby and mom bond during the first year. Um, yeah, I, I think everybody has different approaches to that. And I also think since her childhood and her memories of her mother are not the best, maybe it's not something that's been top of mind for her. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I think for her, it's also that concern that she's not going to get this done. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was not a planned pregnancy and, you know, they were going to have children after she got her doctorate and it's, it's still that whole, um, having that self identity. Um, (laughs) um, and, uh, Kenzie is, uh, no, oh, no Betty, back. about her drinking out of the angel fucker mug this morning. So am I. <laughs> um, and Betty noted that Julia has Becky with her, so she won't be alone. Um, <laughs> yes, you'll never get rid of the half. We'll never get rid of the halftime show. As long as that clock has uh, got a battery running in it, <laughs> it will be mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Yes. Um, and, but, you know, I mean, I can understand. I mean, this... The, this is a big thing for him. I mean, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that he has. Mm-hmm. And then her reaction to it, I, I guess, put a little bit of a damper on him. Um, you know, you know, and then I guess, like me, he kind of, uh, uh, put, you know, put his uh, uh, passive-aggressive side on, and he's like, you know, well, I could, I could just say no. Right, uh, but it would be like turning down the Nobel Pe- the Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah, it was like, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Anna had a good point about words cannot be retracted. People do not unhear you know, them, and it, I I thought that was a good. It's point. so true. I had a, I had fr- uh, good friends um, years ago who used to say that you know, there's a spent the spent arrow. All these different things, but and and they could all be taken back, but the word cannot. You know, it was extent. It was basically meant to say, you know, you got to watch what you say and how you how you say things because if they if you say them incor- incorrectly or unmeaningfully, they can be taken in an adverse way. So. So then, um, so you know, so because he's being passive aggressive, I guess she's becoming passive aggressive in her, her steely tone. It's an incredible honor, but she, but she could not say no to Harvard, and and not after how hard she's worked, and and she has, obviously, to get you know to pass her masters through Toronto, and uh, you know, so it's a bit of frustration. He held up his hand, saying that. He's, he wasn't going without she and Claire. Put your foot down. Stamp it. Yeah. And uh, Julia. Well, uh, yeah. I, I have to say, though, that's, I felt that was pretty remarkable for him. It was remarkable like, for him to I, say Because he is completely subverting his academic career because he did not want to leave them. Right. And I just thought that was kind of 
remarkable for someone who used to be very, um, very self-centered and career driven solely, solely focus on career. Mm-hmm. So that was, I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, it, it's nice that he, I, I mean, not nice, but I mean, I can understand that, you know, I think this, if it had been like three years or two years previous, mm-hmm. he would have just totally gone and not said anything. Cause I, I think he, his, his character at that point was just very self-centered. Yeah. And, and now there's more to it. So that, that kind of worked that out. It so kind that, of showed his growth, I think. Right. And uh, Julie asked if he was declining the uh, the invitation, and he, but he's like, of course I'm not. He wasn't. He, and she asked uh, what he was going to do, and he, he says, "There's got to be a way. We just need to figure it out, and there has to be a way we can all go and then come back with." I thought you would be happy for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, I thought the. He went on to say, um, or, or actually before we get into that, I, Betty raised a good point. I wanted to, to mention it before uh, we moved on. Um, Betty said, I think Julia needs to calm down and just try to realize that life is unpredictable and she has to go with the flow. And I, I do agree with that. I just think it's a hard lesson to learn, especially in the midst of all those life changes. Mm-hmm. It's just overwhelming. Um, but you're right. I mean, you, this is part of, you know, it's part of the deal. It's part, it's part of, it's part of life. It's part of, it's part of marriage. It's this, this is all about navigating, um, these two careers now, these Mm -hmm. three lives, two careers, um, and the compromise that has to come through it and finding a way together. And I think that's kind of where this, where Gabriel was saying, there has to be a way Mm -hmm. we just have to figure it out. And, um, so Julia said, um, she was happy for him, um, but she just doesn't want to be a single parent for that long. And she couldn't do this alone. So Gabriel took off his glasses. P.S. Love the fact he was having his glasses on and off. And I could totally hope that this book becomes a film because I would love to see that scene. Um, love him in his glasses. Clark Kent to Superman. Mm Mm-hmm. Love those Prada frames. Um, so he took his glasses off looking very determined, right? You guys can see Julia performing this, right? Got the face, um, got the expression. Um, and instead of arguing with her, which I thought was another sign of his growth, mm-hmm. he said that he needed advice. He was instructed to keep the email quiet, but he was not going to do that. Instead, he was going to ask Catherine for advice because she had been a sage lecturer 20 years ago, and um, which I thought was a very, very smart solution. Mm-hmm. So he had pulled Julia in his arms and said, we will find a way. We're going to find a way. And she just wished she had shared his optimism. You know, but that... Just the fact that he, he he opted to say that I'm going to email Catherine and talk to her about it, get her opinion, mm-hmm. shows growth in his own character and there and them as a couple because they both they both didn't totally fly off the handle and you know with, and it could have been a big row between them with some people that's right. the kind of thing would happen, um, 
but you know they opted to just let's get some ants get other opinions and see what we can do from someone who's been there yes and and as anna noted gabriel's always the one who makes allowances this is a point where i bristle at julia um and i i can understand your feeling about that um i was a little like i said this her reaction caught me a little off guard i because Julia, to me, always seems to be a little bit more of the optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's almost a role reversal in this case. Gabriel's the one that's like, we're going to find a way to do this. And Julia's not quite sure. Well, I, and, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think she's still more, um, still going through a lot of the life changes and, and the yeah. pre, you know, postnatal changes that she's going through. So I think that's agreed. Part, I mean, agreed. That's part of where she is right now. Totally agreed. And um, I, I loved Anna's comment about thank the universe for Catherine. <laughs> I, I thought that too. I was like, and and that is the perfect solution, right? When you mm-hmm. are dealing with, when you're struggling with something, when you're not sure what to do, reach out to someone you trust. Reach mm-hmm. out to a mentor. Reach out to a friend, and and get advice. And I thought that was, I actually, I thought that was just a very smart thing to do, especially since um, Catherine had been um, one of those esteemed lecturers Mm -hmm. in the past. So she actually really understands what is involved and what, what the commitments like. So I just, I just, I, I thought that was good. Um, Betty says, Julia needs to eat chocolate while she meditates on what to do next. Um, (laughs) <laughs> she said, but I really think Julia thinks she will never become a professor. And, and I think that's a worry no, for her. I agree with that assessment. Um, knowing people who've gone through doctoral programs or, and I have a, one of my best childhood friends is going through a doctoral program now. You definitely get to that point where you feel like it's never going to end and you're never going to cross that finish line. Um, and that's without having the baby, having all these interruptions just mm-hmm. in a normal course of, of pursuing the doctorate. So, I mean, what I, I think the way SR portrayed it is very real and mm-hmm. um, very, very um, understandable. Mm-hmm. And Franca noted Catherine's definitely the calming force between Gabriel and Julia. And as Betty says, she is our Yoda. Catherine is our Yoda. And Claire is um, the child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Kenzie noted I get frustrated with her sometimes but that's why I love SR's books the characters are always very real and have honest emotions mm-hmm. and that is incredibly true. true and so happy that KK has done a little drop in visit hello Karen hey KK we're so happy to see you we're just wrapping up talking about chapter um, 14 14 and as Kenzie's noting, I think in general, Julia is stressed, and this was just another obstacle for her, mm-hmm. which is true. So we actually asked us our, a few questions um, regarding that segment. Um, Gabriel and Julia both seemed surprised at each other's reactions, was the question. Did you envision showing that contrast when you were developing your book? So that was one of the questions I had. I was thinking... Is this something that he envisioned at the beginning, like when he was framing the story, or mm-hmm. is this something that evolved? Um, and his answer, yes. yes. 
so this was one this is when he was outlining the story this was kind of one of one of the key points that Mm -hmm. he envisioned which i think is very cool Mm -hmm. um we also asked does julia truly fear that she won't finish her program if she takes a leave of absence and he responded i think what she's worried about is inertia once you take time off it is difficult to return that's true that is true and i think we kind of some of us had touched upon that earlier in the conversation Mm -hmm. um but I, I like the way he, I like the way he phrased it because it's it wasn't about her not ever finishing. It's just the fact that it's going to be so much harder to go back. And um, is Julia sincerely happy for Gabriel? And does Gabriel think she is? Yes, he said definitely yes. Um, they support one another, but there are underlying worries. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I thought that was, um, I was really happy. Um, I love when SR can get back and, and respond to some of these questions because it does help kind of inform what he was thinking when he was writing right? Um, and help clarify it. And Betty, yes, even though she said the boss is a troublemaker. Um, but you have to be a troublemaker in order to, to move the novel <laughs> along. <laughs> yes. And I saw in the chat earlier, and this is a nice transition, uh, we did do a little research on uh, the University of Edinburgh mm-hmm. and Edinburgh. And I saw that Franca had asked um, and had said, Edinburgh is beautiful. Have any of you been? I only spent a day there, but look forward to going back someday. And Kenzie noted, I haven't been, but hope to one day. It's beautiful and gloomy. And Franca said, they have awful weather. Um, but it used to have a fantastic atmosphere. Not sure now. And I can tell you. Um, well, it has Sam Hewen in it. So it's, I know. <laughs> it can't be <laughs> I now, I mean, honestly, since Outlander, since the series on stars, I dream of going to Scotland. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to be uh, privy to that beautiful country and the highlands and, and see the all moors. of that, but see the moors. Um, and, you know, Edinburgh is an interesting place. There's, um, it's the capital city of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to send you, uh, put a link in there that is, uh, it very simply breaks down. I think this is for like, uh, it, it really kind of gives a nice breakdown of things. Um, it, it talks about the Celts and Romans um, in AD 79, Roman governor of Britain, Agricola, advanced north and reached the mouth of the river Esk, which is now Inveresk. Mm-hmm. And he encountered this Celtic tribe of Valdadini, and they control that valley and uh, base themselves in Dunedin, which is now probably Edinburgh Castle. So... Um, this obviously has been uh, a land in play for for centuries. Um, There is evidence that the Roman army um, had skirmished that day, and most of the army was made up of Celts, which were Gauls from mainland Europe, and Gallia was actually near um, France. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they thought... And they could never 
truly master it. Um, and by 410, they left Britain for good. So it's, okay. it's interesting that, that, that history has gone so deep. Um, and they've well, had four kingdoms um, then emerged in mm-hmm. now what is Scotland. The and, north and, is the Picts, the west, the Scots, the west, far west, the Scots, the west, the Britons, and the southeast, the Angles. And, of course, so. they have the infamous poet Robert Burns for all the, you know, and which I think Burns Day was this week, this past week, and it was, you know, for old acquaintance. We ah. forgot. Yeah, he wrote that. He I did not realize yeah, that. Yeah, I remember yep. memorizing that, I think, seventh or eighth grade, the poem, not the song. I just, I can't remember the words off the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so. I, well, and, and so it's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a land that's been um, occupied. Um, it's a land that's had been fraught with history mm-hmm. um, and have a really amazing emerging cult, the emerging culture is really very cool. Um, and, and, you and, know, the, the Celtic, the Celtics were um, Scottish, Irish, um, the parts of France, I think parts of Wales were, were Celt. Uh, so I, I, they had a whole different tradition. And at some point in time, we can get into that, but I, if you want to, but, uh, you know, it's yes. just, it's a, it's just a whole different group of people. So, and, um, uh, so I, I put the, the one, one of the links, um, on Edinburgh itself and Scotland. And I also wanted to share a little bit about, uh, the, uh, university itself. Mm-hmm. So um, the university really has been uh, kind of an integral part of uh, the skyline there. Um, the university has stood proudly for 436 years, um, and it will continue to be a beacon of excellence for generations to come. So it's a very well-established university, um, world-leading, research-intensive university, Um really um, striving for internationalism, attracting the world's best minds, and building global partnerships for research and teaching and impact. And they really have struck, and, and I, I know there's a ton of programs there, even though the Sage Lectures in itself is not, is fictional, they do have a lot of lecture series like that. Um, and, you know, the university is really um, impressive. Um, they have 44% of their students are international coming from 180 nations. Um, and 29% of their staff come from the UK. So, um, I think it's really kind of amazing that they have such a broad reach. It really is a a great world university. Um, and I think it was smart of SR to have that choose that as a setting um, you know I, I personally i'm a little bit i i, I tend towards st andrews because my sister-in-law went there mm-hmm. for her master's degree but um yeah it's a gorgeous place and, and and franco was saying that the scots have an incredible history it's quite sad and violent at times but they have the most incredible sense of humor and don't always understand what they're saying but i love listening to them speak <laughs> 
Listen, growing up, we when we were when I was younger, a child, we, my parents owned a, a beach house in the town of Avalon, New Jersey, and um, the, they had a young couple from from Scotland. I think they I think they may have been from Glasgow though. Um, move into in on the street, and uh, they they had that point. I think they had two children. One was an infant. And uh, they were, the, the McFarlands were so much fun. I, I, Anna and, and Jerry. And Jerry used to like to play guitar. And my, my parents would have, in the weekends, would everybody would come to our house that they knew. Their friends would come to the house, not to stay. They had their own homes, but would, you know, dinner, drinking, whatever it may have been. And um, Jerry would bring his guitar up and uh, would start singing. And as long as you gave him a glass of scotch, and I mean a glass of scotch, like 16-ounce <laughs> glass of scotch, um, and put it beside him, he'd sing all night. And yodel, I mean, it was he was such a, a great spirit. Both he and Anna were, were, were wonderful, but when they would speak... It was hard to understand them. <laughs> they when they first moved it. when they first moved into the area, and I you know it would you'd have to sit there and listen. And I remember at thirteen, you don't have the patience to sit and listen to somebody, but it was it, it, they were a fascinating group. They were fun, loved them. They were and just as an FYI, Anna, they had lived in Liverpool for a little while when she was younger uh, for work. <laughs> and Anna happened to date Paul McCartney when she was about 14 years old. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, can you imagine? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Pam, so another can, chapter for your she, book. Oh, that, that, I, and sadly, Anna had, has dementia she, and Alzheimer's, and she has no recollection of any of that. But I remember her telling us, this was years ago, and it was like, oh, my God, she did what? <laughs> oh, right. yeah, his, his family was very nice and he found very close family, and there was always music because his father was a musician and all this kind of stuff. So it was, it was, it was I... fun to hear something like that, you know, out of somebody so, so well-known at the time. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I just... The, the, I, I, I wanted to add, I, I did place another link to a tourism site for the city of Edinburgh itself. Mm -hmm. um, it is worth popping around because what a beautiful, what a beautiful city um, and a cityscape. The architecture is incredible. Um, and they have a fun little uh, section on Edinburgh and film. Mm -hmm. And I did not realize that the Avengers... Uh, Infinity War was filmed on location um, in Edinburgh. Did you? I did that. I did I not did know not that. Know. Yeah. And um, one of Kenzie's favorite movies, Eurovision, <laughs> was filmed <laughs> That's in <right>. Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, ding dong. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just think, I just thought that was fun. But uh, lots of good things to explore. Um, 
And, you know, the obvious question that we didn't ask SR, which we can since we're going to be talking about the SAGE lecture for mm-hmm. a while, mm-hmm. um, is why he chose that university. Why? Yeah, that'd be fascinating. <laughs> I had that out. in my mind and I realized Although, I, 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 I you know, my email. I can, um, <laughs> I can remember him a while ago talking about how I, I on a tweet one night, I, I, you know, so what's going on? And he's like, well, uh, uh, Gabriel and I are looking for a place to a pub to go have scotch in. And this must have been when he was editing because it was before the book came out. So I, mm-hmm. it was, I'm not sure exactly how long it takes, but I know that he becomes more vocal about what he's writing when he's actually editing. That mm-hmm. in my that's my perception. Anyway. That's the tell. That's the tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I um, I'm excited. I like. Uh, I liked how the chapter ended in terms of Gabriel being hopeful, Julia being a little reticent, mm-hmm. but they, they kind of have a game plan going forward. So um, I think that will uh, be good to watch evolve. Mm-hmm. And um, and we also have some news of our own coming up um, next yes, week. Yes, we do. Next week, we'll be working on Chapter 15. And, and since it's uh, close to Valentine's Day, we thought we would ask Betty to join us on the podcast next week since Elizabeth Rivera and uh, Professor assist, Associate Professor uh, Paul V. Norris have their meet cute. So I think that we, we just thought that would be so much fun. <laughs> yes, we're very excited um, about that chapter landing as uh-huh. we planned it. Landing on Valentine's, on Valentine's weekend, <laughs> and the fact that this is the emergence—the first time Paul is appears in the book—I just thought <laughs> we just thought it was too good not to invite um, the original SR podcaster Betty and Perling. Mm-hmm. Um, Perling will not be able to join us, but Betty can and mm-hmm. will, and we're looking forward to having you. We're very much looking to have forward to having you. Yes, uh, join us, Betty. So, and um, it'll be a lot of fun, I'm sure. <laughs> As she says, my bless. I'm so looking forward to next week's show. My blessedness finally appears. Um, yes, and, he does. And Kenzie hates the Valentine's holiday. She hopes it's over quickly. Well, hopefully, this podcast will give you something to uh, enjoy. Uh, Kenzie over that weekend. Uh, Kenzie, I I, I tend to agree with you. It's a, uh, to me, it's a Hallmark holiday, period. It is. And um, speaking, and she said, uh, I don't know if I'll survive that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Franca, thank you for joining us. Um, We hope you can join next week too. And we hope you continue to feel well and uh, have a lovely, lovely Mm -hmm. week. And the following week on February 20th, that uh, weekend, we will be having a special podcast at a special time. We'll have Lauren Olson from Passion Flicks join us. And we're going to be doing that uh, podcast at 12 noon, New York time. Uh, so yes. since it's so early. Mark your calendars. Since it's so early for Lauren. So that'll be fun. That yes, will be it fun. will be. Very excited that... Uh... Lauren, who is their director of development, will be able to join us and talk a little bit about what's, what she does there and what, what's going on at Passion Flicks and uh, what she's currently reading. Um, I absolutely. think it should be a lot of fun. If you've mm-hmm. seen the podcast, she 
really has a delightful personality. Um, Pam and I were lucky enough to meet her um, on the Dirty Sexy Saint premiere. Uh, premiere. And she's originally from the East Coast of the U.S. She's originally from New Jersey. So um, we're ex- I'm excited to dig in a little bit about her her Jersey roots as well. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, and hi. hi, Flora. It's so good to see good you. Good to see you, too. Um, glad you could join. I'm, Pam, I wanted to mention, and thank you, Kenzie, for putting in the ch- chat, because I had this on my list, and I it slipped it slipped down. We do want to also mention a special, very special book uh, birthday that had occurred this week on Audible, an Audible book birthday. Uh, Nina Bacci, SR's publicist, mm-hmm. um, had issued this week a Vineyard Valentine. Um, it is an Audible original story, and it's only available online. It came out February fourth. Right. So go and out it, to Audible a, and download that. It's, it's it sounds like novella. it's be so much fun. It's a yep. quick novella. I think uh, I think the timing on it because I do have it downloaded is about an hour. Um, a little bit more. Perfect. And so, you know, it's great when you're just driving someplace and, and listening. So congratulations to Nina. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I believe if you are um, an Audible Plus member, I think you get it for free. I'm not sure. But in, in any event, it is out there. So. Yes, it's free on Audible. You don't have to use a credit either, is what Kenzie just noted. Mm-hmm. So that'll be so, exciting. And yes. I have been trying to get our podcast out on Audible, but they keep telling me that we're not a selling author. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Ah, well, we might be able to work on that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, Maybe I'm, I've been something... working on that. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Just yeah. so that we're out, oh, everybody's out there as far as we can get you. That's right. And uh, so it'll be exciting. So we're, we've got some good stuff coming up the rest of the month. And uh, the meet cute with Paul and Betty will be next week. And we'll be having yep, chapter some fun 15. with that. <laughs> chapter 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the following week, our special podcast at noon with Lauren Olson of Passion Flicks. Oh, and um, it's going to be a good February, ladies. Mm-hmm. It will be. So I'm going to leave us today with a little bit of Matthew Barber and you give. So you have it, buddy. Have a great week, and we'll speak to you next weekend with Mr. Paul as well. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Have a great week. Stay safe. I was high. I was high over the moon. Oh, Fall, baby, we fell hard. Bruised our bodies, skin, our knees, and our hearts. Then I got sick, yeah, but no one could tell. Now I drink your love, drink it right from the well. And it's good, and it's good, right from the well. Wanna taste, wanna touch, wanna see and smell. And it feels like it feels. So well, wanna drink, wanna drink.